0: I got a girl with a mind on love. The kind of love that is dangerous. It knocks me down, but I can't back up. And now I'm addicted. I can't. Hey everyone, welcome back to Kevin and the Wu Tang clan. Today I have a very special guest. My brother Michael Wu is joining me on the podcast. And yes, we have another NBA trade, Chris Paul. And Russell Westbrook getting traded for each other. Houston ends up adding a couple first-round picks and pick swaps. We'll get more into that uh, later in the podcast when I talk with my brother. But, yeah, I just can't believe it. It There's another big trade, Chris, uh, the Paul George trade last week to the L.A. Clippers. And now this week, Russell Westbrook going to Houston for Chris Paul. And I it's just inconceivable to me how many NBA legitimate NBA stars are being traded or signing with different teams and changing different, changing their teams and how different the NBA landscape is going to look next year. So, you know, join me as you guys listen in on my conversation with, my brother, as we have our initial reactions to this trade, because this trade kind of came out of nowhere, especially with Daryl Morey, who's the, I guess, the head of basketball operations for the Houston Rockets, silencing all the critics in terms of there not being a rift between James Harden and Chris Paul, and how that they were gonna run it back this year and kind of go with the team that was currently constructed. I guess that goes out the door, especially with this trade. So I wonder what ended up happening in that locker room to precipitate this type of deal and this trade. So thanks, thanks again, guys, for listening in on to in this podcast. I'm really excited to have you guys listen. And if you guys haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify and like and rate the podcast. So thanks again guys and uh yeah, give this conversation a listen between me and my brother Michael Wu. Hello
1: Hey, Mike, I can't believe I have you back on already since one week ago, pretty much one week ago since the Kawhi deal. We've had another bombshell of the deal. Russell Westbrook is traded for Chris Paul. I mean, I have no idea what to think about this, but I can't believe it. We're recording this pretty late on the East Coast right now. But a couple of hours ago, we've heard from Adrian Wojnarowski that Russell Westbrook is traded for Chris Paul. Any initial thoughts on this? Just NBA madness slash craziness is happening. Well, yeah, no, it's a absolutely crazy summer. The craziest that I can remember, and I feel like I'm saying that every year, but it's not just a Russell Westbrook and uh, James, uh, sorry, uh, Chris Paul straight up trade here. It's Russell Westbrook for Chris Paul, two future first rounders um, in 2024 and 2026, and two future pick swaps in 2021 and 2025. So, yeah, I mean, what what a trade! What what an NBA summer! I know, and I think, and I think we this is something that we were signaling from last week when. Um, Paul George ended up getting traded from OKC to the L.A. Clippers that we're kind of foreshadowing that Russell Westbrook was probably the next domino to fall in this scenario, especially because he was all by himself in Oklahoma City and probably like in a week later, he is now on the Houston Rockets. And it's just. It's kind of mind boggling to think that all these NBA off season moves are happening uh trades and free agency signings are happening in terms of these big star players are changing teams yeah i mean i can't I can't remember a summer where there's so much player movement right i you just go down the list like you have eighty on a different team you have um, Russell Westbrook on a different team. You have Paul George, Kawhi. Like, you, you basically have like fifty percent, half of the NBA's top talent on a different team next year. And and I think what's going to happen is it, it's really just going to be one of the most exciting, but also kind of unusual seasons next year. Yeah, and I, it's it's just like, it's really interesting. You didn't even mention like KD, Kyrie, Kemba. Yep like all those guys are on different teams and it's just kind of crazy to see the amount of player movement that's going on in the modern NBA. Um, and this Russell Westbrook, uh, Chris Paul trade is just a microcosm of the greater picture that happens um, in the NBA landscape. And I'm, I'm just like, my mind is going in a thousand miles per hour right now with, the way this kind of went down. And I I just can't believe that um, Daryl Morey and Sam Presti ended up deciding to do this trade. And it's crazy to think after, what, seven years, because the James Harden deal was in 2012, seven uh, seven years later, you would think that James Harden and Russell Westbrook are on the same team. Yeah, the same team, but now this time in, in Houston. Yeah, right. I know, it's crazy. And, I can't believe it. I like now I'm worried that KD's gonna go go to Houston and join them and kind of re relive uh, OKC have an OKC reunion. But I mean that's unlikely. But it's just incredible to see um James Harden and Russell Westbrook reunited. Yeah, so I'd love to like just deep dive into that deal. Um what what are your thoughts? I mean, who who do you think comes out as sort of like the winner? Like who 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 do you see as like a loser in the trade? Like uh what, what what's your reaction to it? So I I was having various conversations with different um friends and that are clued into the NBA and kind of just trying to pick their brains on it. And my initial thought was, "Oh, wow. I can't believe Um, OKC ended up just getting rid of Russell Westbrook for Chris Paul. And then slowly I started to hear about the picks that Houston included in the deal. And then when I heard it was two first rounders and their lottery protected or one's lottery protected and then the other's top four protected and then two pick swaps, I was like, Wow, Houston gave up a lot of a lot of picks mm. plus Chris Paul to to acquire Russell Westbrook. And I'm not exactly sure how that fit is gonna work with Houston um in Houston with James Harden and Russell Westbrook. And it just it's just interesting the value that uh Maury had has or more thinks of when he is trading for someone like Russell Westbrook. And I can't believe that Russell Westbrook, especially on, I think a lot of people around the NBA, especially like NBA insiders slash like people that are very clued into the NBA or fans that really follow the NBA would say that Russell Westbrook's contract is probably one of the Worst contracts in the league in terms of how many years are left? Uh, four more years left with like thirty, like forty. I, I have the the contract uh, up right now. He's getting paid thirty eight point five million this year, forty one point three the following year, forty four million, and then forty seven million. And it's kind of mind boggling to think he's getting paid that much money. And OKC were was able to extract equivalent, like, four first-round picks from Houston. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it definitely uh, – it, I mean, my rapid reaction like, to this whole entire deal was I, I am a little surprised that Daryl would give up that much. Um, when they're really I, – I mean, who else is bidding for Russell Westbrook? I mean, those picks, two future first-round picks – um, and the pick swaps, I'm not sure that Miami can really beat that, right? They already report that, like, they weren't going to put in Bam. They weren't going to put in uh, Tyler Hero. Right. Like, like, who who? I, I'm just wondering, like, what this grand Miami offer that they were going against was where they felt compelled that they had to do this kind of deal, right? Yeah, That's exactly. Exactly. And I was kind of confused by, like you were saying, and it kind of... Sh- it kind of displays how good Sam Presti is at his job in terms of using his leverage and being able to extract the amount of picks that he did um, against uh, Daryl Morey and that he was able to get the amount of picks, especially without any natural, I guess, natural competitor um, in this deal and you kind of talked about how Miami wasn't going to give up Bam or Tyler Hero in the deal so what what was their best offer and it didn't seem like their best offer could even really live up to what um Oklahoma City eventually got from Houston so i'm i don't really know who Houston was bidding against in order to acquire Russell Westbrook Mm. Yeah, no, that, that's kind of what I'm thinking too. And, uh, I, I mean, once again, the experts just have it all wrong where, where, uh, <laughs> you saw the reports that like him going to Miami was inevitable or those kinds of reports. So, I mean, I, I, I kind of wonder if there's like some sort of sneaky other players interested in Russell Westbrook, but yeah, you know, for Sam Preston to get the haul that he did, I think that's, that's a little surprising to me. And, you know, I, in terms of what we're hearing from you know, the media, I, you kind of heard a range of reactions from, like, this is, like, the Russell Westbrook contract is, like, the second worst contract in the NBA, which, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go that far. I don't think that it's a contract that I would trade two future first-round picks for.
0: Right, uh, to get rid of the contract. Right. right. right.
1: So, I, I mean, I think that. Russell Westbrook had value for some teams like a Miami, right? And I wouldn't be as surprised if, you know, Miami or, or some other team just trying to go from like seven, eight, six seed, um, to maybe like a fringe contender wanted to try and roll the dice with Russell Westbrook. Because at least for these next two years, I do think that he still has uh, value, right? I mean, the, the back end of the contract is kind of insane. I think he's getting like forty-five million dollars, so I think that's when it starts to get a little bit ridiculous. And you know, we we, we kind of see like you know Russell Westbrook is thirty years old, and um, he's a bit bigger of a point guard than Chris Paul, but he's going to be thirty-four, which is Chris Paul's age, I believe, right now. And you know, Chris Paul's game hasn't exactly translated um so great. So it, it, it's 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 interesting, but I, I I do believe that like you know if, if Daryl had traded like one. First round picks, right, and Chris Paul, I think people would have been like, all right, that makes sense, um, especially given that, uh, you know, Daryl is a type that he really believes in the superstars. So, so we'll, uh, you know, I, I'm just, I'm excited to see how next year plays out. I mean, Russell Westbrook definitely comes out of this ahead. I mean, he was on like a fringe playoff team, and now I do think that the Houston is a contender to you, you know, win the no. NBA championships. So if you had to rank, like, update your rankings in the West um, accordingly now that this Russell Westbrook trade has gone through, what where are you slotting Houston um, in in the pecking order in the West? I mean, they still kept a lot of key pieces, like Clint Capella, um, Eric Gordon. TJ Tucker. TJ Tucker, right. So, I, I, I mean – that's a pretty great starting lineup right there. And I mean, for me, I I, I see the Clippers as still a clear cut number one, at least in the regular season and in the playoffs. Um, I think that then you have that slight tier below, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Houston or or the Lakers or even, you know, um, a team like the Utah uh, actually beat, you know, the Clippers in the playoffs. Like that's not out, out of the realm of possibility for a season like next year. Right. Right. Um, I'd say those four teams are my my top four in the West. I mean, that's kind of interesting because, like, I would say if you kind of compared where Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook are in their careers and who you'd rather have as a player, it's I, I think it's really interesting to kind of hear, like, maybe just some pure talent. Russell Westbrook at this stage of their careers is probably the better player compared to Chris Paul. Um, But in in terms of fit next to James Harden and how that offense is going to operate and how that team's going to operate, it's going to be really fascinating to see how Russell Westbrook um, plays within that offense and whether or not he's going to be able to defer enough to James Harden. Mm, I I mean, I think it's going to be an interesting fit as well. Um, I I wonder if Russ is going to go in there and say, like, this is my team now. I mean, he's always been that alpha. But it seems like him and James have always had a good relationship. And I wonder if Russell is going to be willing to defer um, to Harden and say, like, look, this is your team. I want to be that 1B on the ride for the championship run. And you know he was willing to defer quite a bit to Paul George. Um, I mean, he led the league in assists, right? Right. It's not like he's not the type to want to like, you know, defer or maybe not defer, but like you know, pass the ball, right? Even if it is you know wanting to get some of his stats up. But I I I think the fit will be a little bit better than people uh, believe, right? I'm I'm not even sure that Chris Paul and like James Harden were always the best fit. Right. And and I think it kind of goes in, and it validates like all the reports that were kind of coming out of the Houston uh, Rockets camp in terms of there being discord between Chris Paul and James Harden. And because Daryl More, Daryl Morey was kind of uh, downplaying everything in the media over the past couple of weeks or so when a lot of reports are coming out saying that there was a lot of tension between Harden and Chris Paul and how that situation was uh, tenuous at best. So there was – so it it kind of seems like with this trade, there was some truth to a lot of the uh, reports that were coming out of there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that there's a lot of – I mean – there was some truth to some of the reports that were coming out there. Uh, I I am really curious, though, to get your your thoughts on, like, what this future offense is going to be with Mike D'Antoni. He's, he's always been the type to, um, you know, do some interesting stuff on the offense. And I think about what could be possible with, like, Russell Westbrook and, and Harden. Like, I love, like, the potential, you know, it works to have like those four shooters standing around Harden because he is such an effective three-point shooter. Um, but for Russell Westbrook, right, if everyone's just standing still, like that lane's going to be clogged. And I, I'm just not, it, it's basically, you have to try and have like these two different styles uh, based on whoever has a ball. Right. 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 Exactly. It's, it's, And I'm curious to see how like the pacing of this offense works and who's going to be handling the ball at more, the mo- the most times because it seems like Harden would be better off the ball in terms of mm. um, his spot-up shooting being a little bit more effective in comparison to having Russ uh, be the st- spot-up shooter in, in this type of offense. But I think that's like one of those paradoxes that I have a – tough time with when thinking about a player with russell westbrook's abilities and that he's so special with the ball that at points he becomes so inefficient and i think that's the worry that i'm going to have if i'm dan d'antoni and that Russ is going to just take a couple bad shots a game because he thinks he can make it over any single person, and I think that's a fairly big warning, and, or a uh, big worry. And I'm curious to see how that plays out um, in the future. I I think it could be extremely deadly, um, and they and they do have that familiar familiarity um back from their OKC days but I mean Harden was nowhere near the player that he is today back when he was playing with the OKC he was the sixth man coming off the bench basically and now he's really blossomed into an MVP caliber player so I'm I I don't know like if there's going to be the struggle or tension um in terms of deciding who has the ball Um, let's say, in the last minute of the game. Mm. I I think that's interesting. I think that both players are going to have to learn to play off the ball a lot better. Right. And that's that's the the main thing. Like Russell Westbrook, I I, I, I feel like he would defer to Harden at the end of these games, to be honest. Um, At least in this first year. I mean, they have a few years together. But I feel like at least in this first year, um, you know, he, he, he might defer a little bit more to Harden at these end-of-game moments. But it'll be really interesting to see if they are able to play off the ball a lot better. Like, you know, when Harden's going iso, like, is Russ going to try and make the right move, cuts, um, or is he just going to stand there, right? And Right. He, absolutely ineffective whereas like you know same thing with russell westbrook like when he's pushing the pace and has the ball in his hand like you know, harden is not known for really running around the court like a clay thompson type but y- you can imagine like him being extremely effective in that type of role as well totally football. yeah and i think that's going to be interesting too because you you do see a lot of the iso ball that ended up happening in both uh for both of these players and how talented they were in tr- in terms of like getting their own shot. I'm just worried more about kind of the general uh I guess the general fit of the of the two players um in terms of like just playing styles in general. Um mm-hmm. If you're Daryl Morey, and to kind of pivot to something else, if you're Daryl Morey, do you make this trade um, do you just do you make this trade if you're in his shoes because I think the calculus that Morey kind of had when evaluating this Houston team was that he kind of saw the writing on the wall in that Chris Paul kind of is this depreciating asset. And he's not going to be able to get anything more for him than he did in getting Russell Westbrook. So I think it was really interesting that he acted now um, to, to make a trade. Hmm. I mean, I'm not sure if I, it's tough. I would need to do a little bit more research on like who else is out there, but I, I, I definitely think that the feeling of this team is raised, right? I think that, this team, at least for the next year or two, um, is in a better place to win a championship than it was before the trade, right? In terms of what he gave up, I mean, depends how how hot he feels the seat is, which I feel like it's not very warm,
0: <laughs> to right? Be very,
1: to be very honest. So, I mean, if yeah, I could see a lot of GMs making this move and it making a lot of sense given their like kind of weak position or like you know maybe having a shorter leash, but you know, for Daryl to make this move, he must he must feel like they're close to a title, and um, you know they just need to make one one or you know, one big move here. Right, totally. And then on the flip side of things, things for Sam Presti and OKC, um, I'm actually gonna read out how many picks they end they end up having for the next six years from 2020 to 2026. If you want to give a guess as to how many first round picks? And swap rights they have combined in the next four years, I don't know, probably twelve or so. They have fifteen first round picks and swap rights, yeah that's, that's fifteen in the next four years that to me that's just insane, like obviously they're not gonna have like a whole new roster of first round picks because it would be unreasonable, but the amount of draft capital that o k c's got. I think really kind of makes things interesting in terms of possibly trying to, if they decide to like keep the team as currently constructed, being able to package certain players with picks in order to get different younger players, I think is a total possibility for OKC and in the position that they're at just because they're, I would say in a somewhat uh, disadvantage advantageous um, position slash location around the league being in OKC. And they might have to trade for the stars or trade for the players um, a year beforehand instead of just kind of waiting for free agency to sign them out, right? Yeah, no, I I don't think that anyone's coming to – OKC okay, through free agency to be very honest. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure yeah. if that's a huge free agency destination at all. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I I think you yeah, have Shea. I mean, team is not it, it's not the worst team. I mean, they have some bright spots. They have Shea. They have uh, an expiring Danilo Gallinari um, contract, which I think still has some value, right? I think come trade deadline, um, you, you might have a few teams uh, interested in Danilo. I mean, he was almost like a and also all star last year. Right. So it might be, it might be even like 16 first round picks um, in a few months, but you know, yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see what uh, Presti does with all that draft capital. Like he, he, he has the potential to really build something, but I mean, we've seen with teams before, um, you know, the draft capital really, it, it means a lot, but at the same time, doesn't guarantee you a championship, right? We thought that was a dynasty for, um, you know, for the next five years, right, at the expense of our nets. But um, I think the Celtics are kind of in a really difficult, uh, I don't want to say difficult, but um, in a position that they weren't quite expecting or um, worse than we all thought. Hello? Hello? Yep. Yeah, I I mean, it's just kind of like, it's, I think we just kind of lost touch there, but it's, I'm, in general, I'm just kind of amazed at this deal. And I can't believe, like, this deal's really happened. Mm -hmm. And, like, my mind is spinning as to all the moves that are happening in, in this NBA. And I don't know what else more to say besides that? <laughs> yeah, the West, I mean, the West is just going to be crazy. I, a, lot of, a lot of teams feel like this is their year, and it is kind of wide open, right? Like, I'm looking at this Houston Rockets roster, and, you know, Eric Gordon's going to come off the books $14 million. Like, he's going to expect, like, a, I don't know, a slight increase, or he might decline in performance, right? You're going to have to keep playing, uh, keep paying, playing Capella. It's a relatively reasonable contract, but it's not like the Golden State Warriors are still there and can run him off the floor, so he might even have value. Um, I mean, P.J. Tucker, you have him for another year. I mean, so this Rockets team is is kind of it, – they've got some potential to uh, run it back for, for the next two years, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, and to kind of go back on, that, on this OKC team, mm-hmm. do you – I mean, like – realistically like obviously i do think Russell Westbrook is better than Chris Paul right now but i also think that if OKC went into the season like this it's not inconceivable for them to to get the 8th seed with this team or am i just crazy i think it's i mean let's let's look at the teams but i i think it's kind of inconceivable to be honest, I I can't see them making the playoffs. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if it, 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 Billy Donovan is like the star coach, um, perhaps, but I, I'm not sure that this team is gonna make the playoffs. I mean, you just have the Clippers, you have the Jazz, you have the Rockets. So, um, I think the Warriors, to be honest, the Warriors, um, the Lakers, Portland, Portland's better, Lakers better. Um, Nuggets for sure. That's seven. Sacramento, I think, is a better team. I mean, I I even like some other teams like the Dallas Mavericks, Pelicans, um, Timberwolves. But, but right, what I'm thinking like I, 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 I don't even I, I don't think I'm, I'm not sure they're gonna make In my opinion. Interesting. Because what, what I'm my I'm thinking is like this roster. It's not inconceivable for them to fight for the eighth seed, in my mind, um, Mm -hmm. if that's where they want to be. But I could totally see them. And I think this is, like, the next thing that I did want to talk about with you is that um, there are reports that that they were looking – Houston was looking for a third team um, to kind of accommodate Chris Paul's, like, wishes of trying to find a contender for him to compete with. And Miami was like that third team possibly being floated around. And now, OKC, if they decide like, hey, let's just kind of go full tank, full rebuild mode, let's kind of trade Chris Paul um, and get more more assets slash acquire more assets in that way. And I could totally, and I could totally see OKC trying to um, trade Chris Paul for expiring contracts so they could get off future money. Mm. Yeah, I think that's probably what happens. I mean, do you think even like a buyout or something for for CP3? You you can sort of imagine like the fit in in LA for the Lakers would be pretty incredible, to be honest. Like right, and i it, I think that's so much star power in l a There's so many egos like you have like LeBron, You yes i mean eighty pretty low key, but boogie of uh Rondo, yes, oh my god, rondo and c p three on the same team, right I'm just just recalling like their one incident right like, right That's. yeah, that's gonna be interesting, that'd be crazy um i I think the only problem with the buyout scenario that a lot of people are floating out there is that Chris Paul would have to give up a significant amount of money. Um, yeah. And, and because he has three years left on his deal at a hundred million, like basically a hundred million dollars. Um, yeah. yeah. And that, that, or I think it's like a 120 million and I, that just seems unrealistic to me for someone to give up that much money, um, especially because that can't be stretched because it constitutes more than 15% of the cap. Um, and, I mean, that's just, like, in the league cap rules. And I ended up – I mean, I read that um, from a, a guy on Twitter named Keith Smith, who's, like, a salary cap cap expert. So I, I just think the mechanism of – Chris Paul being bought out would be extremely tough um, Mm. for that to be plausible. And like a trade seems unlikely to go to the Lakers, especially the uh, theory that you're trying to peddle just because the Lakers gave up all their assets in that Anthony Davis trade. Um, So I don't, the, the only logical move I could really see happening is Miami just being like, all right, here are a couple expiring deals so you can get off future money with Chris Paul to OKC. Mm-hmm. And if and if that's – and I think that could kind of have Pat Riley and Jimmy Butler somewhat excited to kind of pair um, Jimmy Butler and Chris Paul together and see what they can do in the East then. And I don't know if it necessarily really moves the needle for Miami. That's I think it may be – I, I don't know like how much like their potential of making a finals is with that type of team as uh, with like Chris Paul and Jimmy Butler, but I'm not exactly sure how that's going to work, especially with like all of the other teams and the arms race that's going on in the West. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just don't know why Miami does that. Right. Like I kind <laughs> of see the Russell Westbrook. Um, I mean, he's still like a star in the league, and I, I mean Chris Paul too. Just like the injury concerns, and and really like I, I just I, I just don't know why Miami makes that deal, right? Yeah, I I think it, it like you can't I can't imagine them being even like a top three seed after that deal, right? And I think Miami just kind of makes the deal because they're they're like in this position of not really being able to improve in, in other like traditional ways of like signing players. And I think if they're able to maybe add a pick somewhere, um, and then like give OKC salary cap relief, OKC would be pretty happy with that to get off future money to like clean the books. Um, and, I would kind of expect Chris Paul to get traded um eventually. Um I don't know what team it is, but I think I expect him to get I'd be I'd be shocked if he wasn't traded um from from OKC. Um mm-hmm. just because of like tax implications and things like that. Yeah, I mean Chris Paul staying at staying in OKC just makes Makes sense for no one. Right, Uh, right. Like, OKC or or Chris Paul who wants to compete for a title. Um, Right. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of where to go, I mean, Miami is obviously like the clear. People are saying like Miami is like the clear cut one. Um, Any other teams that you think could be interesting? I mean, maybe the Minnesota team. I think that might be an interesting thing. I think I think Minnesota could possibly be interesting for Chris Paul, but I mean, there's not many. I think the hard thing about trading for Chris Paul and the and the reason why it worked in this situation is just matching salaries with like that massive that massive salary. But because a lot of these teams right now are either hard cap hard caps or up against the luxury tax. And it's going to be hard for them to take back any money. And since Chris Paul's yearly salary is so high, you have to match salaries with Chris Paul. Do you have to get to $38 million with the players that you have? And I think it's going to be tough to find a deal that has that many expirings um, to be able to do that. I mean, another interesting option could be San Antonio. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that could be an interesting fit too. San Antonio, I mean, just going down the list here, uh, Detroit, I don't even know if Detroit has, but I don't know if Detroit has the money to make. like the right, does, I mean, does Blake Griffin and Chris Paul want to reunite again? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's, I don't know if that's, that's even in the realm of possibility either so it just seems like they're limited in options Um, so it seems like Miami's the natural fit for Chris Paul and I think it'll be interesting because by the end of next week Chris Paul's probably going to (laughs) be traded somewhere and we're going to have to have another uh, another emergency type of podcast yeah yeah I I wonder you know That'll be an interesting, um, but yeah, I do agree that first call probably goes somewhere. So I'm not quite sure where, um, there, there's just really not many fits um, at all, right? So it, it seems like free agency still not over. I mean, anything else in free agency that you are looking forward to, or is this like the last domino to fall? I mean, I feel like this is like the last domino to fall, and if there's anything else to happen just happen now because I have I like I literally cannot conceive in my mind of anything else happening so um yeah I I feel like this is like the last big piece for uh to happen in free free agency slash the NBA offseason is is there anything that you're foreseeing that's possibly that can possibly happen um or that maybe you're looking forward to or something that um, any comments that you want to make other than uh, the Chris Paul deal, Chris Paul, Russ Westbrook deal? No, I I mean, I, I think there's a last domino to be very honest. Like I, I can't imagine any more like really major, major moves um, happening at this point. With Russell Westbrook, we all kind of expected something to happen there. Um, it's still shocking though. This is, his, yeah. it's going to be his second, it's only his second team ever that he's playing with. He spent his whole career in OKC. Yeah, and to be honest, i I am gonna root. I am gonna kind of. I I love, you know, I love the Russell Westbrook heart and just that like that gritty like loyalty. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see what Houston can do uh, next year, and um, I mean the West overall. That that's just. A monster of conference it's it's just so deep right now um yeah so it's so deep and then there's a lot of like top end talent but the amount of depth and like i think there's like elite i think there's at least like six or seven teams that can make it out of the west and it wouldn't surprise me yeah i mean it's just so it's so deep and and I'm, i'm just excited for like not even like the top end talent to see that but like a team, a team like the Kings, right? Seeing De'Aaron Fox play, um, I, I'm super interested to see the Pelicans um, and how they look. The Dallas Mavericks, how well Porzingis and Doncic uh, look together. So a lot of teams that just, like, are not, you know, the championship contender but are still going to be really, really interesting to watch. So I think I think we're we're in for a great season where, like, every night we're going to have some interesting games to watch. And I think you hit it right on the head, Mike. We're in for a really great season. So, thanks again for coming on, Mike, uh, to react to this Russell Westbrook-Chris Paul deal. Another emergency podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. It's getting late. I know on the West Coast. I'm I'm ex- I'm like delirious right now on the East Coast, especially staying up this late talking about this deal. But the NBA. NBA just never sleeps, apparently, just like New York City. So um, it's it's pretty crazy to witness all these free agency off NBA off season moves, and uh, maybe uh, Adrian Wojanowski can kind of go on vacation for a little bit and uh, take a break from dropping Woj bombs uh, left and right on us. So uh, I don't know if that's going to slow down anytime soon. But thanks again, Mike, for coming on. And um yeah, just if you guys haven't um liked the podcast or subscribed, please do that um on iTunes on Spotify and uh just be on the lookout for some more podcasts. Um I'm gonna have Andrew Remondi on so we can kind of um grade slash talk about each um N- NBA team's off season and kind of evaluate uh, what we liked and what we didn't like about each team and maybe talk a little bit bigger picture about rule changes and things like that that are going on in the NBA so that's all coming up next week um and yeah Mike thanks again hope smile don't
0: worry about me baby because I swear I'll be fine I got a girl with a mind on love The kind of love that is dangerous. It knocks me down, but I get back up. And I'm addicted, I can't get enough.